Introducing Brian Breaker, the biggest icon in wrestling. Daniel Ross. This is the Saturday Morning Rumble Wheel. What is going on? What are you doing? We will not go quietly into the night. Hang on! Houston, you have a problem. Boom shakalaka! I'm sweating like a pig here. It's a long time. Mr. Phoenix! Eat the pizza. Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time once again for another weekly dose of nostalgia. Welcome to the Saturday Morning Rumble Wheel. My name is Brian Breaker, and joining me as always, my good friend Daniel Cross. Daniel, are you ready for some Saturday Morning Nostalgia? I'm ready. 24 episodes in. Pants are still optional. Pants are always optional on the Saturday Morning Rumble Wheel. Uh, if you had not had a chance to listen to our last couple of episodes, we've had a lot of fun ones. Uh, two weeks ago, we dis- we discussed... The best wrestling entrance music, which was uh, a huge thing, especially back in the 80s and 90s, so check that out. And then last week, we discussed the uh, classic film, The Sandlot. Made me want to watch that movie again, because it was a fun one, man. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, And again, The Sandlot just kind of, we reminisced a lot about childhood memories and things when we were all that age. I mean, in the early 90s, when you and I were, you know, of that age or early to mid-90s, you know, sports were just huge. I mean, I guess they always have been, but it just seems like back then, you know, sports were a big thing, which actually kind of leads into uh, probably trading cards today. But, yeah, I just remember, you know, all of our our friends growing up, we all wanted our own sandlot. If we weren't playing baseball, we were playing basketball, football. So it was definitely definitely a big time back then. Oh, yes. The the sandlot was um, the perfect sports movie. And I feel like there was just so many sports movies in those de- the, that era. Like, you watch that, you want to play baseball. You watch uh, The Little Giants, you wanted to play football. You watch The Mighty Ducks, you want to play hockey. Or The Three Ninjas, which is a possible topic we may hit. You want to do some martial arts. So I feel like movies were just so much more fun back then, um, especially for the younger generation. And they, most of them still hold up, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think on the Rumble Wheel, we still have, like, or we added them last week, but the Three Ninjas, Mighty Ducks. So yeah, those will be those will be fun. I almost went with Hook. Oh, that's uh, cool. almost almost went with Hook, but I decided to plug the Mighty Ducks instead on there. So love me some Hook as well. Man, that Hook was a fun one. I haven't watched that movie since I was a kid, though. Really? Yeah, that's good. Still holds up. I had a uh, I had a Hook like a Hook like a toy Hook. Yeah. Uh-huh. When I, I got that for Christmas one year, and I had the Peter Pan sword. Nice. Man, yeah, I had some uh, Hook uh, Happy Meal toys, I believe. Ooh, nice. I think they were all bath toys, or at least a couple of them were. Like boats they were and all, stuff? Yeah, they were all made to, to go in the bath, so. I don't feel like you see as many bath toys as as you did back in the day. No, it doesn't seem that way. Yeah, there's a lot of different but marketing I'll, back then. I also don't play with a lot of toys in the bath anymore, so well, that could true. be one, too. I just have, I have a hard time fitting in the bath these days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not made for not, big boys. It's not, it's not worth it. No, not at all. Um, but we have a lot of cool stuff um, coming up on the wheel, so make sure to tune into future episodes. But uh, as we as we mentioned, this week is all about trading cards. So let's dive into uh, trading cards because I loved cards as a kid. Um, but I think it all started for me with one fad, and that was baseball cards. I loved collecting baseball cards. Um 
do you have memories of buying your first baseball cards? What do you remember about them? Um, baseball, no, but I was huge into the NBA in the 90s. And my brother was more into baseball cards, and then we both got into uh, basketball. So, yeah, early 90s, man, we went to so many card shops and flea markets and stuff like that. And I just remember sitting at these tables with a long box of uh, cards, and we would just flip through, and, you know, all the cards were individually marked. You know, probably back then it was like 10 cents, 25 cents. Um, You know, you could probably pull a, a Michael Jordan card for... 50 cents or maybe even a dollar back then. But, uh, yeah, I remember just, uh, we would just load ourselves up. You know, my, my parents would say, okay, here's five bucks, you know, go through this. And they would walk around the antique store, look at all the other stuff. And me and my brother would just be sitting at a table going through, going through all these boxes of cards and pulling what we wanted. But yeah, a lot of good memories with early nineties NBA, you know, basketball cards still have a lot of them. We haven't covered pogs yet, have we? No. That's crazy. I know we did it on TV Toycast, me and Travis did, but we haven't covered it on here. I feel like that's uh, that's definitely going to happen at some point. But, yeah, baseball cards were huge. I remember there was a little diner that we used to eat at when I was a kid. It was real close to my house, and two doors down was a baseball card shop. Only one in town. And I remember that was, like, the first time my parents ever let me go on my own because I got done eating. Like, can I go to the card shop? Can I go to the card shop? Like, all right, but come right back and I'm like and so I got to walk there by myself I thought that was the coolest thing and you know just seeing all the different types of cards Uh, were you ever uh, big on on your collecting of not wanting different brands like I was I I always collected tops Mm -hmm. so if I got like upper deck they didn't look the same and I didn't like that I always wanted them to be like the same no, I wasn't too particular. I think as long as they just had kind of cool cover art on the packs, mm-hmm. you know, I would probably go with it. I had, uh, we would definitely, me and my brother, just kind of goes back to last week talking about the Sandlot, but I remember me and him during the summer, we would, again, scrape our scrape our loose change together, and we would go and walk. I mean, literally, we would walk a mile just to go buy one pack of cards. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, what else are you going to do in the summer? So we'd walk, we walk a mile with all of our nickels and dimes, and I don't know how much cards were back then, but usually I think Casey's where we had in Concordia, we would walk there, get a pack of cards. Uh, if we were really rolling in it that day, maybe me and him would both get, you know, each our own pack of cards. But we almost did almost, when we would just buy one pack, it was almost like our own, uh, card break, <laughs> you know, that they do, yeah. that they do today. He's like, okay, there's eight cards. I get the first four. You get the last four. And then we would open the pack. So oh, that's so fun. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Those are just, like I said, really good memories. Well, I remember the very first pack of cards I ever bought because my cousins, I had two older cousins who had baseball cards. And anytime, like, you see that, you're almost, like, jealous. Like, oh, I want baseball cards. And um, they they both had full binders of them. And I'm like, I got to get some cards. So they had these tops cards at Walmart. And it was, like, three packs all put together. So it was like 25 cards. And I was like, oh, man, I got to get that. I was able to talk my mom into it. So I got my first pack of cards and, um, you know, open them up. You know, you kind of – it's so cool to, like, stack them up because they're all perfectly even, you know. Yep. And I actually had a card in there that said, like, you won. And I won this, like, uh, set of gold cards 
that I could send, oh, for, send I, off for in the mail. All I had to do was pay like $2 shipping. So I'm like, please, 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 will you send this off? You know, and so my parents did, and I got like 12 cards in the mail like several weeks later, which was awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And that was like the very first pack of cards I ever got. And so getting those tops cards was just awesome. And like I said, at that point, I was all in on tops, but also, too, you didn't see these all the time, but every now and then you would. And I don't remember if you if you remember this, but you could get like a pack of cards that was in the entire team of that year. Do you remember that? Uh, no, not that one in particular, but yeah. So like they didn't have every team, but like if it was like the Atlanta Braves, you could get a pack and it was uh, every player. Probably not every uh, okay. player, but it was like a full team. And I was I always thought those were really fun to get too. Yeah. I think if I had, you talked about the brands. If I remember right, I want to say I always like Fleer Ultra. Mm-hmm. So if I if I had my pick, I think that's typically what I would go with. We did a lot of NBA hoops, uh, Skybox. Uh, I'm trying to remember some of the other ones. I mean, obviously Tops and things like that. So it's so you know, crazy. Another- it's so crazy though, because there's a lot of these card companies. Like uh, you know, I was kind of getting into collecting retro cards there for a minute. And a lot of these card companies I didn't even remember. And I'm like, oh, wow, I don't remember that at all. But that's kind of cool. Yeah, you know, another thing, too, the 80s and 90s, I feel like almost every TV and movie had their own trading cards. So, like, they did. Ninja Turtles, Beavis and Butthead, even, like, video games, Zelda, Mario. Uh, well, we talked about Hook earlier. Hook had trading cards, Dick Tracy. So, I mean, it's just like everybody had a set of trading cards of some kind. It was a different time for sure. And, yeah, trading cards were huge. Uh, obviously, wrestling cards were fun. Yeah, yeah. I remember getting the old school WCW cards. I didn't have a lot of WWF cards, but I never really found them. But, yeah, trading cards were always big in that era, so it was always fun to get them. Um, were you ever into uh, Garbage Pail Kids? So, no, I like them more now, but I never really knew about them as a kid. Uh, but I would have... I would have been all about them, actually. I think they're really fun. Yeah, I found uh, we had a dollar shop of some kind in uh, Concordia where I live when I was probably 10, 11, 12, somewhere in there. And obviously Garbage Pail Kids were from the 80s, but they just had like packs of 12 or something for a dollar. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, I would go and just grab all these packs of cards for a dollar, ended up having, oh, I don't know, I still have a lot of them. I actually sent you some, I think. Yeah, I think so. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, because now some of those are worth uh, pretty big money. That Adam Bomb one, I think, is the most collectible of all the Garbage Pail Kids cards. That sounds right. Might be worth a couple thousand. I'm not sure. So, oddly enough, back in, like, 2018 or so, 2018, 2019, Topps released a pack of WWE Garbage Pail Kids. Yep, I remember that. And they came out in, like I said, 2018 or 19. It was, like, 13 cards. And I don't know why I ordered that, but I did. And I don't know a lot about cards, so this might not be... If people are big card people, they probably aren't going to be too excited with my lack of knowledge here. But I, like I said, <laughs> I've never been a big card collector as far as collectible and making money off of it. I always just thought it was fun to collect them. Well, I bought that set of Garbage Pail Kid cards, and it has greatly increased in value. And, really? Oh, yeah. Some of the cards go for $100 each, and I have a set of three. Wow. Yeah. So you can you can usually sell the full set for several hundred dollars, four or 500 And um, I've tried to sell it a couple times, but the problem with something that's that valuable is you have to find someone, you know, 
dumb enough to spend that much money on it, for lack of a better term. Because that's I mean, it's a lot of money for cards, right? Like it's oh yeah, but yeah, I do have that, so I'm hoping to sell it at some point. Because I'm like, I don't really need this, and getting a few hundred dollars would be awesome. Well, the problem I think we're kind of seeing now is the collectible scene is kind of going down because it really went up during COVID because everybody was getting all this stimulus money. Yeah, and (laughs) And they weren't going anywhere. Right. Some people needed it. You know, some people needed that stimulus money. I personally didn't. So, you know, when the government just sends me a check for $1,300, i am like, thank you very much. Yeah. And, then you know, that's how a lot of people were. Sure. And uh, I bought a new TV, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people dove into collectibles. That's when actually trading cards around that time went through the roof, yep. you know, and became Actually, a really hot, hot property. Yep. So now we're back to the point where everybody's broke and can't really afford to go spend $300 on a pack of WWE Garbage Pail Kid cards. Exactly. <laughs> uh, another fun card collectible uh, series is Wacky Packages. Have you ever gotten into these? Uh-uh, no. So they're essentially like Garbage Pail Kids in a lot of ways where they're um, they're stickers too, like card stickers. Okay. But it's just like something weird. It'd be like, you know, it would be like a, a product, like Jolly Green Giant or something, but it would be some type of weird thing. I don't know. Like, it's, I'm try, I'll have to try to look up an example because it's hard to think of an example. Yeah, actually, I Googled them now. So, yeah, there's like a Krispy Kreme donuts one with a weird picture of Homer Simpson on it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, they're yeah. not really like licensed, but like, um, Do- like here's one Dr. Pepper, you know, instead of Dr. Pepper. Instead of White Castle, it's Fright Castle, Grease Burgers. Uh, instead of Ritz Crackers, it's Rats. Captain Crunch, it's Captain Crud. Instead of Morton Salt, it's Moron Salt. You know, so is this a '90s thing or they're still around? It seems like this seems '90s. They came out in the '80s and they were they they still make them to this day. Um, you'll see them every now and then. I always thought these were fun, uh, a fun collectible uh-huh. card pack. But it's it's kind of one of those things you get them and you're like, okay, what do I do with these now? You know, it's like you go through them. It's like, oh, that's kind of fun. Then that's it. <laughs> yeah, I see one that's instead of Jello, it's Jail O. Yeah, and it's a prisoner, and he's got some kind of like shank or something molded into the Jello. Exactly. So there you go. That's fun. Yeah, I mean, trading cards will always be a fun thing, but I think like anything else, when I would get into these, it's just kind of like, okay, you're just buying them, and you put them in your binder, and then you look at them, and then that's it, right? I mean, it's that's all they ever were to me, and I think that's why they kind of fell off. But I, I, it's weird that they're so popular now, or they were, and none of these companies capitalized on them. Another card, cards that I always liked were comic cards. I love those in the 90s. Uh-huh. I didn't have a lot, but I loved them. Yeah, those were cool. They always had really cool art on them. Yeah. I always got a I got a couple of packs of Marvel or whatever uh, whatever the brand was that was uh, doing them. Yeah. Marvel Masterworks were always my favorite because that had the coolest artwork. Yep. I uh, Years later, I bought a couple of complete sets on eBay, and they weren't too extravagantly expensive. But, again, it's weird. Like, you buy a complete set, say it's like 60, 70 cards. It's like, okay, now what? You know, it's like... You have them all. There's like the whole collecting aspect is weird, right? Like that's that's the weird thing about collecting. If you buy a whole set, there's nothing left to collect. Yeah, I will say the benefit of collecting cards in contrast to action figures is it doesn't take up near the real estate <laughs> that action figures do. Yeah, well, and you know, I, I mentioned last week the major pod doing the major bendies, and one of the cool things about getting some of those that I didn't realize they did. 
So I, do you remember on the WWF Bendems how they had the card on the back that you could pop out? Yep, yep. Which I always thought was kind of a cool thing. It had the artwork on it and stuff. Well, their carding is very similar to the Just Toys Bendems, and it has the card on the back, but it's connected to the package. It's one solid piece. But what they send you is another actual card. So you get huh. you get the card that's on the back of the package that you don't have to cut out, but the actual card itself. That has been a thing where I'm like, man, I really, really dig that. And it's it's cool to think, like, I kind of want a full set of these now because that way I can have a full set of cards. Yeah, that is a good idea. I think I think that combines two levels of uh, collectible collect you know collectability on that, and um, it's kind of like also too like WWF Hasbro had the cutout bio card on the package. Those were always cool. I I, I think it's weird that they don't do stuff like that with current day figures like the GI Joes or the Power Rangers or the Mattel Elites like. They have the bio on the bag, but there's not the cutout bio card. Yeah, I know a lot of people leave these in package, but still, if people want to throw that away, that'd be kind of cool to keep. Yeah, for sure. Um, any other memories of trading cards? Um, not too many. I remember outside of sports, I collected, especially as a younger kid, I collected a lot of Ninja Turtles, Power Rangers. Again, pretty much every brand had some type of collecting card that went with it, so... Yeah. I did have quite a few of those. Still do on a lot of them. Yeah, and Pogs is kind of a thing when we eventually dive into that. That'll kind of go hand in hand with these because I felt like when trading cards took a dip, Pogs became the new thing. And I think what made Pogs interesting, and we'll dive into this obviously at some point, is the you could get them anywhere. Like literally yeah. you could buy them at Walmart in packs. You could buy them at any gas station. You could even get them in the quarter machine. I remember getting a Power Rangers Pog out of a quarter machine in one of those little bubble things that they came in. Mm -hmm. And it was just the team all lined up. And I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> yeah, and similar to trading cards, I remember there was a, of all things, it was like a trophy shop, uh, a shop that actually made like sports trophies and stuff. But they had other things in their T-shirts. But I would go there and they just had a big box of Pogs and they were 10 cents a piece. I think maybe even maybe that might even been like a nickel a piece. So I just go through there and get two or three dollars, you know, worth of worth of pogs. I think while my mom was getting a haircut next door. And uh, anyway, yeah, pogs. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, as trading cards dip, they kind of filled that void for a lot of people. I don't remember so many people playing the actual game of pogs that you're supposed to play with them mm -hmm. as much as people just collecting them and saying, "Hey, look at what I got." and going through your friends' pogs and trading and, and those kind of things. But there was an actual game where you stacked them up and threw a slammer on them or whatever they were called. Well, and I remember our school, we all would play them, but, like, it became a thing of, like, can't play them for keeps because that was the big thing. It's like, oh, it's uh, And then, of course, people would, and then, you know, a kid would lose his pog, and he'd cry, and you have to give it back. And, and it's like, well, don't bet it stupid like what's wrong with you like <laughs> so then they're like oh no more pogs at all and it's like ah and then like the popularity died because to me that was nothing cooler than bringing your tube of pogs and showing your friend like hey, i got my pogs like oh man <laughs> oh yeah. so funny story i remember in my school wrestling t-shirts uh got banned because uh in the late 90s you know they were all very offensive a lot of them especially the dx ones oh yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, we couldn't do any wrestling t-shirts it's interesting how that happens right like you have these things that are just like they don't seem like a big deal but someone ruins it for everybody and so yeah you can't wear it uh, anymore. 
Or like, yeah, somebody like wore a Stone Cold shirt and it had like a middle finger on it or something. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, all wrestling t-shirts are banned. Well, I remember a kid getting uh, in trouble because he was wearing the, remember the Stone Cold University shirt? Uh Uh-huh. He was wearing that and they thought it meant something bad. I'm like, oh, really? Because it says SCU. And I'm like, it literally says Stone Cold University. What was it supposed to mean? I date, or what did well, they that's, think it but that's again. This is the era of DX, and I got two words for you. Right. I remember, like, once you know, with like with anything that gets attention negatively, there's always like the parents are trying to find the hidden meaning. Uh-huh. I remember there was a lot of uh, issue with He Man being evil. When I mean, really, it's just it's just a cartoon about a superhero. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of tame in all in all retrospect, but it was almost like, oh, that's bad, and so like parents like found out like oh i got two words for you and then they found all oh, those words are suck it that's bad you can't wear that shirt and so austin 316 oh that's anti you know that's anti-religious so you can't wear that and then yeah. um anything that they kind of came across like negatively they, they would try to get it banned because i think they thought it was more than it was when it's like no, that's WWE capitalizing on the popularity of Stone Cold by making shirts you can wear at school, right? Because right. some of them, yes, you cannot wear. But <laughs> right. if you notice back in that day especially, which we should do a whole po- uh, show on wrestling shirts. But back in the day, half the shirts were adult-themed, half were kid-themed, right? Like, right. there'd be some with a middle finger, a lot without the middle finger. So you always kind of knew which ones you could. Because like, I remember he had one where his arms were raised in his pose, but they were pythons. Yeah. Like rattlesnakes, yep. actually, I guess would make more sense. And uh, I always thought that one was cool. Like, so that just, that's just how that was. But, you know. Yeah, it was like trying. 100% pure rattlesnake or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But anytime you had something that was popular, people were always trying to demonize it, it seemed. Yep. Harry Potter. I remember that one when... There was yeah. a big uh, thing on Harry Potter for a while. Oh, yeah. And Evil, and kids shouldn't do it. And Yeah, oh, it's witchcraft, and it's like, okay, come on. You know, like I remember my dad even saying, like, well, look at all the Disney movies. Right. Uh, yeah. Ursula was a sea witch. That's what they called her. She put a spell on Ariel to have legs. Like, that's, it's all the same stuff. It's a cartoon. It's a kid show. It's not, it shouldn't be taken seriously. It's fantasy. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's very interesting how that happens, but... Uh, we we pretty much have time to to spin the wheel again if you uh, want to dive into another topic here. Let's dive. Oh man! Oh man! This is a good one. Show and tell. Perfect. So this, I would use trading cards for show and tell. Oh, that, <laughs> I remember a kid bringing his trading cards in for show and tell, and it, I was like, I want. I want so many baseball cards right now. Like, yeah. I always thought that was a fun. What What do you remember the most about show and tell? I remember nine times out of ten, it was usually the Happy Meal toy of the month. Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever the Happy Meal toy was, that was the uh, focal point of show and tell. And I, I remember myself, I would bring, uh, oh, those Looney Tunes slash DC Happy Meal toys where Taz was dressed up like the Flash and, Daffy Duck was Batman, Bugs Bunny was uh, Superman. So I remember a lot of Happy Meal toys in Show and Tell. I remember any time I saw a toy that I didn't have, I was immediately like, I have to get that. I remember in first grade, a kid had the Terminator with the three arms, remember? Oh, yeah. 
that was like, I have to get that. That's awesome. Uh, I remember a lot of Ninja Turtles, obviously. Uh, I also remember a kid in second grade brought the Megazord. Awesome. Blew my mind because I hadn't seen Power Rangers yet. But I was just like, that is the coolest thing I have ever seen. And so I'm like looking at it. I'm like, how many dinosaurs are on there? And he goes, five. I'm like, where are they all at? You know, I'm like, and he was like, oh, the pterodactyl's on his chest. And he pulled it off. And I was like, whoa, like, this is so amazing. Like, it was like, it was so cool to see. I remember getting into a lot of toy lines because of show and tell. Uh, a kid in first grade brought X-Men figures. And he had Wolverine and Sabretooth, I remember. Because I was like, I have to get these. And I talked about that before. I remember thinking that they looked like wrestling figures, you know, because their costumes and stuff, it made me want to uh, want to buy them. Yeah, and I also remember, of course, we never did this, but there would always be the kid who, I just went on vacation to Arizona, and here's this cool rock. And inside we're all thinking, boo, get on with the toys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or I like... found this eagle feather over the weekend, and we're like, yeah, next, next. I, I remember – well, this is kind of a different thing, but did, did your school ever have the talent show? Uh-huh, yeah. I remember one of my elementary school years, we had the talent show, and the kids you know, would all get up there and do whatever, play the piano, dance, or whatever. And most of them I remember just being like horrendously bad, right? Well, afterwards, they would they – were, like one year they did like a judge's score, and everyone got five stars, right, if they just got up there. Uh-huh. But they had a couple of teachers get up there and do, like, really, really bad performances so they could give them, like, one star or two stars or whatever. Uh-huh. But it was just always so funny because, like, <laughs> this one kid, I can't remember what he did, but it was just abysmally awful. And we were all like, five stars? Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, we were all like, that sucked. <laughs> but, yeah, like, show and tell was always kind of funny, like you said. Like, like uh, here's a postcard from... You know, wherever I just went, or here's, yeah, like you said, here's a rock, or here's something, and it's just like, yeah, this is stupid, like. Yeah, or a snakeskin. I found this snakeskin over the weekend while hiking with my dad. I'm like, let's bring the kid back up who had the Batman toys. Right, like, where's that Batmobile at again? Let's bring that kid back up. (laughs) Yeah, it was always, it was always interesting, like, what people would do on show and tell, and what made it, what made it seem fun i guess but yeah show and tell was always a huge part of of school yeah you have young kids do they still do that these days um no so we actually we homeschool oh that's probably uh that's a whole other topic (laughs) but uh yeah i don't know i'm I'm, I'm assuming they do it's a good way to get kids kind of acclimated to public speaking i mean i guess that's the whole goal of it that are just as filler time when you're really young and have nothing else to do but uh yeah, no. Do you ever uh, struggle with public speaking when you were in school? I was always a very shy kid growing up. And I'm still pretty laid back these days, but I uh, I don't know if I, I struggled with public speaking. It always made me nervous, but I felt like I did that better sure. than like anything one-on-one. So, but didn't you like do drama and stuff just because you wanted to be in pro wrestling and thought that might help you? Yeah, I did. So I, I remember... But to me, like anything that was like a performance wasn't nearly as uh, as nerve-wracking as, I don't know. Like if I had to give a speech in front of my class, that would have been easier than presenting a 
a science project, I guess. If I if I knew what I was talking about, I was fine, I guess. But uh-huh. if I like, I remember uh, I had an English class where the teacher, like, if we had to write poetry, he'd want someone to read it. And it's like, if no one reads it out loud, I'm calling on somebody. That was the most nerve wracking thing to me because I really? had no confidence reading a poem, right? But sure. But if I was going to talk about like, I just got this game on Nintendo. Yeah, that was easy, you know. But I don't know if that makes sense or not. But, yeah, there was... No, it does. Like, because I remember having those kind of inward battles when you have to give a report. Like, I always felt like I could do a lot better than what I was doing. But then it's almost like if you're too enthusiastic and you actually do a good job and do all the things you're supposed to do when you're presenting, well, then you look like a nerd to the rest of your class or you're afraid they might make fun of you for being, you know, which is, you know, it's just all that typical high school or grade school stuff. I remember know, my, my don't want them to let you or don't want them to know that you were actually can do a good job in some of these things. Remember my senior year in high school, I had to do a presentation over anything I wanted to, which is a really wide range. And I chose wrestling injuries because, you know, I was at that point I was wanting to get into the business and, and everything like that. And obviously pro wrestling is always looked at as, um, like just garbage. And so I I scoured my DVD collection and found a whole bunch of different stuff and, uh, kind of compiled it onto this tape. And I remember we were going to have like in our, is in our English classes near the end of the year, we're going to have two presentations a day. And so you were limited to 20 minutes and the girl that was supposed to go with me, she goes, I didn't do anything. Can you go the whole, the whole period? I'm like, Oh yeah, no problem. So I stretched (laughs) mine out like an hour and, uh, and the, girl, and the teacher's like, well, you know, so-and-so, like, you're just going to have to go tomorrow. I'm sorry. And I'm like, oh, sorry about that. But she was like, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> but <laughs> there, no, I, uh, there was a, a hardcore video that came out. It was called WWF Hardcore. And I had all the guys oh, yeah. explaining their injuries over the years. I had that, I think. And so I put that on there. I put Brock Lesnar's botched Shooting Star Press because there was actually footage of him being like put it in a neck brace and like freaking out backstage and stuff. Um, I put a bunch, I put uh, Bob Holly's broken arm on there and like Kurt Angle, like doing the moonsault on it. Like anything did I could put find. The, uh, did you put the Sid leg break? No, because I didn't have footage of it. Now keep in <laughs> mind, this was before like YouTube and stuff, so I couldn't find footage of that, but that would have been a good one. Oh, that was nasty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I put all this different, like, uh, footage on there and like actually like everyone seemed to really enjoy it because it you know hearing all the guys kind of talk about like they had Foley talking about getting his ear ripped off and it was, it was pretty fun it was a pretty fun presentation actually so and I thought it was kind of cool that it wasn't just about pro wrestling it was about injuries involved in pro wrestling and the uh, and how how dangerous that can be yeah so kind of more uh, adult adult show and tell Kind of, yeah, but like I said, I think that was also one of those things where I had time to prepare it. I had like a two weeks or something to kind of put it together. It just took some time to get it all together like I wanted to and stuff. I remember Show and Tell would always pick up after Christmas because everybody gets, you know, their Christmas toys. Oh, yeah. So usually the Show and Tell in January is always pretty good because everyone was bringing in their Christmas stuff. You talk about kind of like influencers, you know, today where they're always – you know, have all these uh, toy companies. They'll give free toys to these kids who do these YouTube shows. 
I feel like that was kind of like you mentioned earlier. That was kind of a, a influencer type of a thing with show and tell in the nineties. Like this is where, like you said, where we saw all the toys for the first time. Exactly. And that's, and that's what was so interesting. Like you said, the McDonald's toys of the month or whatever, like that was always kind of cool to, to see the McDonald's toy commercials to see what new thing was happening or, or whatever. And uh, like I said, I remember X-Men toys, Power Rangers for sure were kind of introduced to me through show and tell. So um, again, it was, a, it was a lot of different time back then. It was a lot of like, cause I didn't go to Walmart that often, right? Only time yeah. I get to go to Walmart is if my mom was shopping. And so to talk her in to be like, can I please go look at the toys was not always uh, a given, you know, it'd be like hoping that she needed, like, cause I remember when she would, and it's still that same way, like the hair care and products are like the next aisle over. So I could usually talk her into like, let me go down that aisle real quick. And she'd let me go and I'd come right back and stuff because I was young. She didn't want me to be by myself, obviously. So, um, like that was always a big moment to see the new toys. And really that's the only, sometimes that's the only way you got to see them is because it was so different, but there was also like toy catalogs and stuff. So it was a, it's definitely a different time. For sure. I remember, uh, I brought in my whole turtle sewer. Oh, like nice. the 1989, whatever that was, 1990 maybe, the the turtle sewer, which I can't believe I sold on a garage sale, probably for like two bucks. Oh, that makes you sick, <laughs> doesn't it? Oh, yeah. But I brought in that whole thing, and of course, during recess, like everybody's wanting to play with it, and yeah. I think I got it for Christmas one year. Did I, but, did I tell uh, you the story about my that kid bringing in the Gambit action figure? For showing yes, oh uh, yeah. I can't remember and if I told that on here. The, uh, not on here, I don't think, but yeah, I know of it. They ripped the jacket off of it or yeah, something. Yeah, I told it on TV Toycast, but just to kind of recap it, he brings it to school. So I always wanted to bring my toys to school, right? My mom was yep. always adamant, no, your toys stay at home. You don't take them to school. But mom, we want to play them on recess. And she's like, you have to understand, those kids are not going to take care of your stuff. And that, that always bothered me because I'm like, well, I want to play with it. And um, I remember very specifically – Everyone was grabbing at this Gambit figure, and if you remember that figure, he had like the really like trash bag thin jacket, and uh-huh. it ripped in half. And I was just like, <gasps> like, <laughs> like, oh no! And he just looked so heartbroken. And of course, they didn't care. The kids didn't care. They're just like, whatever. And it's just, it's one of those things. that's like, wow, my mom was right. Shouldn't bring my toys to school. So I'm glad I'm not like that kid. So I was so anal when it came to my action figures and accessories and all that. Like, I would always play with my action figures in the same little location. Like, I wouldn't take them all over the house because I was so afraid of losing those accessories. So if I took them to school, I would, like, strip all the action figures of all their accessories, and I would just take the figure because I'm like, if I take these figures to school, I'm going to lose the lose the guns and the knives and, the you know, all that oh, kind of yeah. stuff. So I was, uh, I don't know, I was always weird about that as a kid. Uh, like I said, I wish I would have kept all of them because, you know, like I said, I had all of them intact, complete, every accessory. I would always keep them all together. Uh, but then, of course, you know, sold them all in a garage sale. Yeah, it, it sucks to, to remember that. Like, oh, I sold that in a garage sale. Speaking of Turtles, oh, i got to ask this. This is off topic. Have you seen the new Turtles line for the uh, Mutant Mayhem movie? Yes, I think. Yeah, I was actually, I think I was, I was at Walmart yesterday. I was going to text you. I feel like those are as close to the original Turtles, or at least the feel of them, you know, that they've come. Like, they're just really, really fun looking, you know, what they've got. Yeah, I wasn't sure, but then I saw that four-pack. Have you seen the four-pack of them in, like, the different costumes? 
Uh, yes, I have, I believe. That was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, they didn't make, it's only like eight or nine figures, so it's not like a ton, but I'm like, that is really cool. So that may be, I don't know, I may have to dive into that at some point. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if this new Turtles movie kind of relaunches, you know, the turtle craze, or if it can come close to, you know, what it was in the 80s and early 90s. Well, I heard Paramount Plus is supposed to get the 80s series on there soon. Okay. And, um... And then once this movie comes out, there's supposed to be like a whole bunch of other like uh, standalone movies that go along with it is what I had heard a while back. So it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. So hopefully that'll lead to more figures in this line because uh, I we're new for some. I love the vintage turtle figures, but I want to see some new ones, too. Yeah, my only knock on the new thing is I've seen the previews for the movie and I hate that style of animation. Me, too. It's, like, really jerky-looking, almost like claymation-type. I'm just not a fan, but, you know, maybe it'll work. But, yeah, the toys look really awesome, you know, that I've seen. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be fun. So, hopefully that, uh, that'll that be a fun toy line. But it's probably about that time to spin the wheel again. Are you ready? I am ready. Well, i got to take Show and Tell off there real quick because that has already been talked about. But, yeah, Show and Tell, that will probably be something we, we bring up sporadically because it was such a... It was such a, a huge thing, but let's uh, let's spin the wheel here and see what we uh, land on. All right, so we just talked about a classic 90s movie. How about we throw another one on there with the three ninjas? Very good. Dude, we're never going to land on TGIF. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, we're on 25 episodes now. After Three Ninjas will be episode 25, and we still haven't landed on TGIF, which is fine, but it's kind of weird that like that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Hey, my son just walked into the room. I guess he's uh, pulling me off the stage here. Hold on. Come here, Reed. What? Come here. What? Why don't you tell everybody your favorite, uh, your favorite toy? Oh. What's your favorite toy? Uh... Um, my toy truck. Trucks. He loves his trucks. He loves his tractors. He's a, a farm kid for sure. See, you know, toy trucks, they don't... Those are huge. My dad still says his favorite toys as kids were toy trucks. But again, that that's the era of not a lot of action figures, so it makes sense. Yeah, I was never into them uh, very much. I was much more into action figures than I was Tonka trucks and toy farm toys, stuff like that, so... But, yeah, I, I know, I'm hoping out of these three kids, one of them gets into action figures. So far, I'm not having much luck. <laughs> I definitely I definitely enjoyed a couple of toy trucks, but I didn't play with them as much as I did the figures. But it was kind of cool to throw in, like, a bulldozer every now and then to run over your G.I. Joes, I guess, you know. Uh-huh. It was always, always kind of different, but definitely fun. So, yeah, it's Three Ninjas next week. I'm excited to dive into that one. That's still a line that has never had figures. And I don't care what kind they are, Funko... Super 7, whatever, NECA, I will buy three Ninja figures if they ever have. <laughs> How about some Hasbro scale three Ninja figures? Oh, trust me, that's been talked about. If I could ever get those <laughs> produced, I definitely would because that would be awesome. Well, there's always Jason Wolf. Well, yeah, I've thought about that because like, essentially the three kids you know, don't look that different. You can just do different colors and make, paint the mask because I would actually want like the mask – on top of the head, so you can see the face, like, but the mask is not uh-huh. really down, because that was always kind of a like, cool look, but, yeah. Dude, I wanted one of those masks so bad as a kid, I thought oh, it was yeah. awesome. So fun. Oh, yeah. Wanted the whole outfit, the blue mask with the blue gi and everything else. 
We'll talk about this next week, I'm sure, but when he spray painted it white to hide, that made me so mad. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> that mask is awesome. <laughs> yeah, and they say if I can, if I can uh, find that before next week. Yeah, it's, Might it's have to watch movie. that one again. So oddly enough, I I bought that on like my Vudu account to rewatch it, and it's cut differently. The movie's different than the original that I really watch. Yeah, like huh. there's a few different things. Like you remember how they won the basketball game against the Bulls? Yeah. Oh yeah. And the original great. version, they lose. Interesting. Yeah, they, they for some reason when it came out on video, they recut it, and like. When Grandpa finds them on the on the ship, remember, and he does the big front flip to the ground, which is just insane. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, he actually sees them at one point before that, and they don't trust him, and and then he finds them again. So yeah, they it, it's for some reason it's cut differently, and I don't know why, but it definitely was. I like the original better because that's what I grew up on, but it was still cool to watch it. Huh. Maybe that's where all these Mandela effects come into play. Could be, could be, because I'm like, this is not the same at all. And uh, basically at the end of the movie, because remember in the original, they ended like at that ship and like the dad's like, we got to go out for pizza. And grandpa's like, I hate pizza. Uh-huh. Well, and then in this version, the last scene is them walking home because they lost their bikes and the bullies come up and um, they keep causing trouble. And Rocky's like, oh, no, I'm not supposed to use karate. And finally, like, All right. and the girl's like, all right, Rocky, you can show off now. And he's like. Okay, and they're like, huh? And he beats them up. He uh, just keeps beating them up. And, I yeah. do remember that. Yeah, it's like, oh, interesting. So really, really random, and then we can get out of here. But for some reason, you're reminding me of just a great ending to a movie. So Lost Boys, you ever watch The Lost Boys growing up? It's been a long time. Is that the vampire <laughs> movie? Yeah. So at the end of it, uh, like through the whole movie, you think the grandpa's like totally out of it and doesn't know what's going on and – and stuff like that. So then the grandpa, he just comes crashing through the whole living room with his truck. And I can't remember if he kills a vampire or something. And uh, then he just goes, he goes to the fridge and grabs a drink. And then they're like, uh, Grandpa? And he's like, that's the one thing I can't stand about living here. All the vampires. That's <laughs> <laughs> such a great movie. That is or so such a, a great end to a movie. Uh, so you're like, oh, I guess the grandpa knew all along there was vampires everywhere. <laughs> anyway, just funny. Funny stuff. But yeah, I uh, Lost Boys would be a film. I need to rewatch that. I haven't seen that. In so- Kiefer Sutherland's in that, isn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. One of his first roles, I think. Yeah, it's wild. And the guy from Bill and Ted and then, the course, the two Corys. Right. Corey right. Hayne, Corey Feldman. Crazy. Crazy times. Well, thank you guys for checking out the Saturday Morning Rumble. We'll join us next week for The Three Ninjas. And we will see you next week with another weekly dose of nostalgia.